Online, live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Real America's Voice kicking off the new week. Glad you're a part of the show. As always, lots to get to tonight. Going to be a busy week. Uh, tomorrow night, obviously, is the big election night. We're going to have coverage, uh, wall-to-wall coverage of that. We'll talk about that coming up Wednesday, President Trump's speech. We'll talk about that as well. So a busy, busy week. Slick Rick's here doing sports. David Zier sitting in doing the news. Rick Delgado's got the week off. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. Glad you're in. Lots to talk about. Slick Rick, how are you? I'm doing good, Big D. How are you on this lovely Monday night? Very good. It's going to be a busy week. Good Monday night tonight. Big weekend. Had a nice weekend. Saw Harry on the highway. I saw Mr. Zier actually on Saturday night for a little bit. He did great coverage all day right here on Real America's Voice of the... uh, Florida event that was going on that Rav covered. We'll talk about that here in a second. But how was your weekend, Slick? It was good. You asked me that twice. Why? But I mean, did, <laughs> did, did you do anything? Yeah, I, uh, you know, lost my mind yesterday between 4.30 and okay. 7.30 uh, with that game at Lincoln Financial Field. I went, oh, yeah. ba- I went morally bankrupt. That oh, financial is that why you asked them again? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. I got a text from Big D, which I always do in my big, bright moments. He always loves to send me a little love message. Well, just let me know if I was correct or not. You were absolutely okay, spot that, on. That's all I want to know. So you were. We'll talk about the odds makers here. I, I think, uh, well, let's talk about it now. How'd you? Yeah, you know, which wasn't bad for a guy who said the masked singer wouldn't last one season. I remember your, your exact words in the studio. <laughs> I think you're right about oh, that. Oh, that show never going to last one season. Show, how could that ever make it? It's the worst show I've ever seen. But there you are. Uh, so what was the end result of the odds makers this weekend? Uh, actually, I had a good week. I finished five wins, two losses, and I had the one push. You you had the spread at 19 on that Ohio State game. Aaron and I had it at 18 and a half. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Aaron and I, were we mirrored each other with that. We both went five and two, and then they had the one game that was a, a push at 19. Ni- it was a 19-point spread, and it was a 19-point difference. And it was 18 and a half when we had it okay, earlier so on. But we got to no, go with your odds. That's a no-blood game. You got to go yeah. where you bet it, which is well, we what you called the, it on the show. So. Aaron and I are dying for wins, you know, so okay. we're just hovering around 500. All right, so you, so you basically had the same record. All You both had the same record this weekend? If I'm not mistaken, yes. Wow, that's pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah. All right, very good. Mr. Zia, you did great coverage on Saturday, by the way. I got to see you Saturday night. First of all, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired from Saturday. I, I didn't even uh, leave the studio, but we did seven hours of straight programming. Uh, I think we covered every topic in the universe. You certainly uh, covered every speaker, you and, of course, Amanda, and um, it was great. Yeah. And yeah. uh, what did you think of the event? Anybody uh, other than, obviously, President Trump um, jump out at you? Um, I thought it was, uh, it was a good summit. Uh, the panels were good uh, about Public Square and uh, Corey Mills, you know, and these veterans who got elected to Congress who are kind of shaking things up. Uh, Corey Mills, really great guy. Um, so I think that Asa Hutchinson made a grave mistake you know not that he's in the running uh and and chris christie is very <laughs> unlikable. <what> showing up <laughs> he's very very unlikable he was very rude oh. you know people were booing him okay so i get that he's upset about it but he doesn't know how to like handle it and spin it so we shouldn't be upset know. about it how could you not expect it you fat turd of course they're gonna boo you they, you suck he was really mean <laughs> he was really mean uh you know i don't know what he was trying to achieve there but you know he's up in new hampshire in a sense semi-closed, semi-open primary, whichever way you want to look at it, where you can declare your affiliation as an independent or a Democrat last minute and change and vote in the Republican primary. So his sole mission in life right now, and we can get into it later about New Hampshire's in swing for Trump. You know, he lost to Biden by seven points last time. Uh, But 
you know, um, Chris Christie's whole mission is just to destroy Trump. It has nothing to do with it about yep. it. he's just a kamikaze pilot that's what he's been this whole time he wants to i saw him on cnn again today with dan dan abash there he is there's fat chris christie here he comes more talk oh the walls are closing in more us they they run to him it's the first person they run to soon as trump gets off the stand oh okay please welcome chris christie to the if they could cut his fat ass in half and put half of him on abc and half of him on cnn that's what he that's what they do because he wants to be liked by all these people. They, they'd get him there as fast as they can. That's his only goal in life is to smash Trump as much as he can on uh, CNN or MSNBC or ABC with little Georgie on the weekend. That's, that's... But you need a persona for public office. And I don't get well, it because he was pretty popular governor of New Jersey for a long time. Was a he? Every... He was. He was. And, uh, you know, but he raised the gas. He got rid of the, you know, it was a gas tax-free state and you know everybody who drives through jersey used to fill up there you know because there was no tax and gas right. was you know a dollar fifty when it was two dollars everywhere else um he screwed that up <laughs> you know um he had hot on high unemployment when he left office um he did never-ending work on the new jersey turnpike uh which was good i guess for the unions uh but you have the highest property taxes in the nation per capita in new jersey so he didn't change that uh and then he has bridgegate his pompous self his arrogance in that and then he's sitting on the beach chair when he said you can't go to the beach during covid or do anything um he's like self-sabotaging so you got to be likable you know if you want to be on the national stage right yeah he is a one of the more unlikable people ever since he's come into this kamikaze role and like you said, as he left office in New Jersey, I don't think me, many people look back at everything no. that happened and think, oh, boy, geez, we really miss him. I think Bridgegate destroyed him, yeah. showed his arrogance, you know, four-hour yeah. traffic jams he caused on the GWB for And now tomorrow game. you're going to be in uh, the, the aforementioned New Jersey yeah, for election uh, night, which we'll be covering here. Yeah, there's 120 races in New Jersey. Um, the Republicans probably will not take back the legislature. But there may be some gains. Will be interesting because last time there were seven surprise seats in 2021, and that was Chatterelli's to lose. He did not embrace MAGA. They, he, nobody knew who he was eight weeks before the election, um, and and there was some fraud in Northern, like Essex and Union, Passaic County, some of those counties, I believe, and a lot. Some of it's on film. Um, but I'll be in Jersey. I will be uh, near Bedminster at Bridgewater. Uh, we are going to interview uh, tomorrow, uh, Christine. Uh, Serrano uh, Glasner. She is the mayor of Menden um, Township, um, but she's running against Menendez. So I'll have an interview for us on Wednesday morning with her. Uh, she's going to show us some ropes in Jersey, and I'll be covering all the uh, races in the Northeast. And John Fredericks will be plugging in on the shows throughout the day because he has extensive knowledge and research in, in Virginia, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and, and, and Maryland and everywhere. So um, hopefully we'll cover this side of the country and talk about uh, Bashir, but possibly, possibly losing in Kentucky, maybe holding on to the Mississippi governorship uh, and the other stuff and some of the referendums that are on the ballots in these states. And then we're going to talk about the Bridgeport, uh, the Connecticut uh, elections, which have to be done over. I mean, I know the Bashir Cameron thing is close. And, and when you look at that state, unless I'm mistaken, six out of 10 people in that state will vote for Trump a year so from that's today. The, so how, yeah. how does this guy, how is it this close? You so. see that in a lot of states, like even in Mississippi, um, you know, you, you have a large majority for Trump in the national election, but in the governor's race, it's almost blue or it's blue. So uh, Kentucky is one of those anomalies where, like you said, it was like 60 something percent, I think, for Trump. It was a huge 
uh, victory for him. And uh, Bashir gets rid of Matt Bevin. Now, Matt Bevin made some controversial statements, may have hurt himself at the end of that race, and he only lost by one point, Matt Bevin. Uh, and he was a very likable, charismatic guy. Um, I first met him in CPAC in like 2019 or 2020. Uh, pretty engaging guy, but he hurt himself. Um, and um, it's one of those things, you know. Um, I, I, I don't understand that dynamic with Bashir because he's yeah not a conservative Democrat. I mean, Virginia is obviously the most interesting, at least for me, of the night, obviously, as both houses are on the board, 140 seats in the General Assembly all up. 100 in the House of Delegates, 40 in the State Senate are up for grabs. And if you look at Yunkin's numbers, you know, a plurality of, of Virginians, 54% approve of the job that he's done. And when you look at Joe Biden, oh, by the way, how, it's pretty interesting that it's election night tomorrow night. You've got Virginia, you've got all these races, and Joe Biden today is in, uh, oh, Delaware. What does that tell you? Hey, Joe, <laughs> yeah, you just stay uh, stay at the beach. We don't need you coming anywhere near any of our, our people. Just go speak to Delaware and tell them about the Joey baby train story again today. And that's exactly what he did. But you look at Joe Biden's numbers there in Virginia, only 43% still uh, approve of Joe Biden, which seems awfully high to me. But let's just take it for what it is. Again, you have to ask yourself, how are some of these races? It looks like the Democrats may hold on to the... Uh, to the Senate there or, or the State House? There yeah, so in 2021, the State House, uh, the state, the, the House of Delegates went uh, Republican 52-48. Uh, the Senate's still in control of the Senate Democrats, but they Looks might like be able to, hold the Senate. to tie it or maybe win by one, the one Republicans. Seat, yeah. But every statewide office went red um, uh, in, you know, with the governorship and... Um, you know, it's it's uh, Yunkin has been as good, but I think he rode the MAGA train and the Loudoun County thing certainly sparked it. And Terry McAuliffe hurt the uh, Democrats there. So Yunkin rode that wave. Yeah, we'll talk more about the election, obviously, tomorrow night. We'll talk about this abortion thing that's on the on the thing for Ohio, too. We'll get into that tomorrow night as we wait for results to come in. So we'll, lot, lots to get to in the election stuff, but we'll get to that tomorrow night. There's obviously an array of topics to talk about tonight as well. Biden's war on uh, on Israel, obviously, this this ever um, divide on the right over whether we're going to be passives or whether we're going to be, um, you know, we're going to be um, interventionist. There seems to be more of a divide on the right on that. What should be done? What shouldn't be done? But you, th you just think about going into tomorrow night, speaking the election, and you think of all of the evidence that we have against what the left has done in this country in the last three years and what these elections should be looking like. And tomorrow night may be the first bell, maybe the first bellwether. So much destruction by the left. Does it, does it finally come to a boil in all of these elections, whether it's to obviously destroying our energy, what's going on at the border, uh, inflation, crime, supporting terrorists, supporting anti-Semitism as they as they now uh, have on full display. Obviously, COVID, January 6th, still no answers on some of those. You saw the Nashville Manifesto come out today. We have a some answers on that now. But Republicans still, seemingly to me, have not been able to unify, focus, and a disciplined messaging to take all of that and then take it to the people and take it to the polls. And I think tomorrow night will be the first, first bellwether on all of that. I mean, Biden, obviously, you look at the just such an epic fail on the national security stage, on the domestic security stage. Um, but this thing on the right, this false dichotomy that we seem to have about whether we're going to, this neocon kind of ill-informed uh, nation-building interventionism, 
versus this reactionary kind of pacifism when when you look at President Trump, he showed that you don't have to be either one of those. If you're America first, what it actually means is let's roll back these terrible policies. Let's stand behind what we believe in. Let's stand up to evil. And let's have peace through strength, which is exactly what he showed you can do over four years. And like, I feel like a lot on the right are falling into these two categories. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the divide is getting more of interventionism or pacifism. Like there's no middle ground where I feel like President Trump was in the middle ground. Listen, people are so emotional that, you know, they're, they're not willing to, you know, um, find common ground on that side of it. You know, I mean, you can't be totally isolationist, but you also don't want your kids dying in a war. Get it, you know, but um, yeah. They, but the Dems are destroying America um, and getting us into uh, entanglements that we might not be able to get out of. Yeah. All right. Lots to talk about tonight. News with David Zier. Slick Rick's going to have sports. President Trump in New York today. We'll get to all of it right after this. past the hour live from studio 6p on a monday night real america's voice glad you're in lots to do tonight got a bunch of stuff to get to it's one of those nights i feel like we could do three hours uh lots to get to uh we'll get to president trump today in new york we got a crazy town uh that's coming up um president trump's attorney alina haba just set fire to the mic outside the courtroom after this kangaroo court got done today with the judge who looks like he's the guy from back to the future with the white hair Looks like he just stuck his finger in a light socket, that dude. Uh, so we'll get to her. Um, and we got a bunch of videos to get to. And it's too bad that Delgado's off this week because it seems to me, Slick Rick, and we'll see, show a couple videos here. Let's do cut three. This new New York Times. Oh, yes, I said New York Times. Man, they must have. Can you imagine what it was like going to print this? They're probably, this is the guy who had to hit the button to print it was trying to pull his finger away and they had to force him to hit it to print this. Uh, this poll that shows Biden getting trashed in the election and what people really think. Well, they got it. They're a little nervous about it here. Cut three. Roll that. Been personally hurt by the current president's policies compared to 35 percent who have been helped. We'll talk about that. Uh, on the flip side, 51 percent of those same voters say Trump's policies have helped them, while 34 percent say the opposite. And this yeah. is the reason our phones were exploding yesterday people really really freaked out and upset and it does it does beg the question um you know (laughs) if there are democrats out there who are concerned or even moderate republicans about the difference between joe biden and donald trump right uh, i think the the real concern here is disinformation the electorate being poisoned i mean it's not like the contrast between these two are republican and democrat and conservative versus liberal policies. Right. It's not, I mean, President Biden what? has 
accomplished a lot in his presidency, and there are those who would say it's even historic. And then you have a guy with 91 counts against him, uh, liable for fraud, liable for sexual abuse. I mean, I could go on for four oh, hours. Sure. The judge said he raped a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's that's where the, the concern is here, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of different layers of things going on. Well, yeah. I mean, again, though, perception's reality. And I, that's what, when I had people going, yeah, but this, yeah, but that, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. Perception is reality. I mean, stop your whining. Uh, the, the poll numbers are the poll numbers. And they're just poll numbers. Still a year out, but I'll tell you what, they're getting worse. And it kind of reminds me of a basketball game where you're watching one side uh, that is, you know, uh, seemingly doing everything right. The other side is horribly, you know, has like a 23% shooting percentage from the field. And they go into halftime and it's tied or the team that's looking so bad is only down by two or three points. You go, oh, boy. Wow. Got it. Okay, everything seemed to break for one team, and they're still only tied at half. That's what I'm thinking about these poll numbers, John Eilman. I mean, you look what you look at all of the bipartisan legislation Biden's done. You look at the good news on on the economy on uh, many many fronts. You look at uh, what's what's happened with NATO, and a lot of good things to say about what's happened with Joe Biden. Yet here he is, three years later. uh, You know, a lot of things going right for him. and Donald Trump, 91 counts against him. He's talking about, you know, getting rid of the Constitution. He's getting crazier every day on stage. Yeah. He's oh, just yeah. saying, I'm going to just start arresting people after yeah. I'm president of the United States. He says he's sure going to spend he the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's ahead. Chief Washington correspondent John Carl. John, in addition to our poll, New York Times has a poll out this morning showing that Donald Trump is leading in five out of the six big battleground States. Now, presidents have come back in the past, Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama, but this is tough news for Joe Biden. Look, this is a wake-up call. This is frightening for not just the Biden White House, not just for Democrats, but for anybody who fears what a return to a Trump presidency would mean. He can win. The New York Times poll is not the first one to say this. He can win. It is early. And the biggest challenge for Biden is it's not just that people have suddenly fallen in love with the idea of Trump going back to the White House, they haven't. It's that only 23% of the country in our poll thinks the country is on the right track. Voters don't seem too phased by the fact that Donald Trump has been indicted so many times, but a conviction could make a difference. Look, it, it really could. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, the idea yeah, of voting for somebody that's under investigation, point. even somebody who's been indicted is one thing. Voting, voting for a convicted felon is another thing entirely. Donald Trump already planning for another term. I mean, it's just incredible. I don't think that... Voters have come to terms with what he is talking about doing. He is talking about a campaign of revenge and retribution. Uh, there was a fascinating story that is consistent with my reporting in the Washington Post, talking about how he wants to go out and prosecute his political opponents, not just Democrats, but people that served him. Uh, John Kelly, his former chief of staff. Mattis, his former defense <laughs> secretary. Bill Barr, his uh, former attorney general. Are, are voters really ready to sign up for that? He's talking about invoking the Insurrection Act on day one using American troops on the streets of U.S. cities, something he tried to do uh, when he was president last time but was stopped by his own people. This would be a very radical Trump presidency, much <laughs> more so than even the first one. All fueled by a big lie about the last campaign. <laughs> yes. John Carl, thanks very much. I don't know exactly how this gets any better moving forward. It's not like Donald Trump's not been crazy enough to be punished by voters to be unfit to be president of the United States. 
John Heilman. Well, Kyle, like happy Monday. Thanks, Joe. This is a very, uh, very kind of cheerful way to wake up here on uh, on, a, on a Monday morning after uh, after uh, this weekend. Um, I. No, well, that, I think that's the point. I, I think the, I'll tell you what the Biden White House uh, is not worried about and what Democrats out there shouldn't be worried about is one set of polls. You just made this point. It's not the fact that these polls uh, say what they say. It's, it's one set of polls. Don't worry about it. Sure. It's, it's also not that Trump is, quote, ahead in five of those six battleground states. It, they are they are all those polls are are very close to or within the margin of error. They are essentially statistical ties. Sure. Those are not things to worry about. Things the Biden White House worries about and that that Democrats who support Joe Biden should worry about is that these polls are part of a pattern. They have shown they've been across a lot of polls, across a lot of weeks now, across a lot of months. To your point about perception being reality, it's not just the perception's reality. It's the perception that's that's sunken in in some quite deep way about things like Joe Biden's age, about things like the relative strengths and weaknesses of Donald Trump and, and, and Joe Biden on certain sets of issues and on certain sets of character, character traits. That's a thing that worries the White House. And I'll tell you, the other thing that really worries the White House and should worry the White House and should worry Democrats is this erosion of support with core Democratic constituencies. Again, not just in this poll, but in poll after poll after poll. Mm. Joe, you've got this in this poll right now, Joe Biden among voters under 30. Joe Biden is up by one point. Just think about that for a second. A Democrat running against Donald Trump. He's up by one Uh, Donald Trump right now in these polls across the six states has 22 percent support among African-Americans. Historically low support levels for Joe Biden among African-Americans, Hispanics uh, and and young voters. If If Joe Biden doesn't fix those problems with his core constituencies, he will lose to Donald Trump. And and that is the thing that the White House has been seeing uh, erode over the course of the last six months to a very worrying degree. And this poll puts a very stark uh, spotlight on those particular problems, those attribute problems and the parts of that. I'm talking about the erosion of core constituencies in the Democratic coalition. Those are the things to worry about. The White House is worried about them, and Democrats should not be panicking, but they should take those things really seriously. Oh, they seem very nervous. Very, very nervous. Heilman, he gets a couple things right in there. Joe Biden is taking the diversity of the Democratic Party and turning it against them. He's losing those parts. He's absolutely right about that. And the other part of little uh, truth in, in all of that nonsense, boy, do you really miss watching MSNBC in the morning? That's what you're missing. <laughs> That's what you're missing right there, that fine analysis right there. Uh, the other part of that that is the truth is what they're after, as we've been telling you, is they're after that conviction. This is why Chutkin is the tip of the spear, because all her only job is to get them that conviction. Doesn't matter if it'll hold up. Doesn't matter anything past that. Just go get the conviction so we can point to it and go, no, now it's too much. That's what they want. That's what they want. And there, and, and that was not the only show to talk about that exact point uh, this weekend. But um, they're very nervous about this New York Times Siena poll um, that came out this weekend. Very nervous, as they should be. And they may be even more nervous after tomorrow night. All right, sports and news all coming up live from Studio 6B.
30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Glad you're a part of the show. Big election night coverage tomorrow, pretty much all day. Lock it in on Real America's Voice. David Zier is going to be covering the races in New Jersey. And um, we'll be covering this right from the morning. John Frederick is, of course, early in the morning, I believe. And then, obviously, the morning show from 8 to 10 with Dr. G. Uh, David Zero, actually, be, I think you're going to be on the morning show, you said, right? You're going to be on I will be on tomorrow morning at 9.35. Uh, so far, I will be on with, uh, with um, Darren Beatty from Revolver News at 2 o'clock and 2.50. Uh, probably shows in between. And then uh, we'll probably plug into you tomorrow night from uh, The Manor. Um, in uh, Bridgewater, New Jersey, some interesting races going on, including, which we we'll get into later, uh, Jeffrey Durr, uh, who beat the speaker out with only, you know, that $10,000 uh, thrown into the campaign yep. last minute uh, and took the speakership away from the New Jersey Senate Republican. Um, and it's his first reelection. So and I have some comments from him about the uh, wind farm deal that w- that died in Jersey. So, um, yeah, we'll be bringing you coverage all day. All right, very good. Lock it in on Real America's Voice tomorrow. Uh, let's do some sports right now. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B if you're going to shop there for the holidays. Um, it'll save you 10 to 66% off. Great stuff on our page right now, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Use our code at checkout. Uh, and if you want free stuff from us, just send us your um, your receipt showing that you used our code. And right now we have a leader in the clubhouse for 17 items. Wow. 17 items. So that's what I call doing your holiday shopping. So that's the leader in the clubhouse right now. Maybe we'll, we'll, well, I don't, I don't think that's going to be hard to beat. I was going to say maybe we'll start a leaderboard, but I think that's going to be the winner probably. Oof. So, man. Uh, so, Rick, what's going on in sports? Well, we got to get to odds makers. We do have a game tonight, Monday night football at Met Life Stadium. Beautiful New Jersey, <laughs> big D. And we got the Jets hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. The spread on that was three points. Uh, San Diego, the road uh, favorite. So, uh, and uh, Aaron, who are you taking tonight? This is a tough one. Well, yeah. no, it's not. Especially <laughs> now. What I'm do you mean? T- you got to stick with your team. No, I know. I'm just joking. Yeah, obviously, I'm going with the Jets. <laughs> okay. I don't trust the Chargers as far as I could throw them, yeah. even though they're winning right now. Um, it's all right. The Jets are going to come back. It's yeah. early. Yeah, and- Plus, you're plus three. Yeah, so At I'm home. good. I'm good. All right. What are you doing, Slick? Oh, as is customary, I'm going to go against uh, Aaron's team, the Jets, tonight. I'm going to take. I'm going to take those charges, uh, and they are up. Full disclosure, they are up seven nothing. But I was on them before the game. They just recovered a fumble, so they may be getting more points, Big D. But you know, football is like life. There's four quarters. Sometimes there's even a little overtime. You look past ninety. But you know, honestly, uh, I'm looking at my life as. Uh, I hope there's four quarters <laughs> in life. I, don't know. I think I'm past halftime. Big already. D, you're you're definitely past halftime. I'm somewhere in the third. Quarter as I'm looking well. to kick a field goal for overtime, quick, please. <laughs> and, and, and the trophy is a, a nice warm bed in, in an assisted living. But then yeah, that's, that's how it is. Uh, but let's get to some scores. Recap the weekend, which wasn't a bad weekend. I was five and two. Then we had the one push, and then Aaron came in at four and three, which is also very respectable. And uh, so we'll see what happens with that. It was the odds makers, but we'll recap the weekend. Just the games that we did. There was eight games. However, there was a good win by the Cincinnati Bengals. They took 
took care of business against the Buffalo Bills. And I feel bad the Giants lost uh, Daniel Jones for the year. Uh, the torn ACL uh, from yesterday's game against the Raiders. But I know Nick 387 is happy his Raiders won. I mean, I don't know what this is going to do the rest of the season, but uh, that was some bad news. You always hate to see a, a key player, a starting quarterback, lose for the se- be lost for the season. But let's get to the college big D. Notre Dame. Some would uh, argue he was already lost for the season, but that's another story. I know, but the guy that's starting is like a taxi squad, practice squad quarterback. And by the way, the Cowboys, the early line on this Sunday, Dallas is favored by 15 and a half. So, Big D, you might want to jump on that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, not jumping on, I'm not jumping on anybody 15 and a half in the NFL. I don't care who they're playing. No. But we got, let's get to some college games. At noon, uh, Notre Dame, uh, they did not pull it out against Clemson. We lost that game. I don't know what happened to Sam Hartman. He had uh, two interceptions and uh, not a good day. Clemson, uh, Phil Maffa, the running back, 186 yards, two touchdowns, a stellar day. Oklahoma State, the Cowboys with an upset over Oklahoma. What do you know? Good win, 27-24. Ali Gordon, the second, the Cowboys running back, 137 yards, two touchdowns, good ground game there, and a big win for Oklahoma State fans pouring onto the field. Ohio State and Rutgers, as I said earlier tonight, there was a 19-point spread, and I'll be damned, they won 35-16. Do the math, 19 points. Uh, Jordan Hancock, uh, he put his signature on a 93-yard pick six for the Buckeyes. Buckeyes looking good, though. They are the number one team in the nation. Alabama with a nice win as well. They were favored by three. They took care of business, and they topped the Tigers 42-28. And uh, Aaron was on Jalen Milrow. I remember her report on Friday. She gave a little recap there how she thought he'd do. He had a damn good day. 155 yards and four touchdowns on the ground, Big D. That's a pretty damn good day. 219 yards passing. Yeah, very good. And let's get to the NFL. Cleveland, what a defense. Boy, I picked them up in my fantasy league a couple of weeks ago. Best defense in the game right now. They are hot, and they took care of business as well. Deshaun back, Watson was back on the field. He had two touchdowns. But I'll tell you, 27-0. They took care of business against Arizona. Uh, rookie quarterback uh, Clayton Toon, he got tuned up and good. Green Bay at Lambeau Field over the Rams. 20-3, to a complete beat down there. And, uh, well, Jordan Love showed the fans some love there. 228 yards and a touchdown. No, Matthew Stafford definitely hurt the Rams as well. Ravens, whoo, that was another one. 37-3. I did not see that coming. I was on the Ravens laying six at home, but I did not see a beat down like that. Seattle, a playoff contender, leading the West. And, well, now they got, they got a little bit of an issue. But, uh, wow, what a game that was. And then we'll get to the last game because Big D would love me to recap this one. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys fell to the Philadelphia Eagles 28-23 to in a game filled and marred with errors. The Cowboys got passed the Eagles' 30-yard line four times in the fourth quarter and only mustered six points. A lot of questionable decisions. Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds on a uh, two-point conversion. Just a tough day. Cowboys actually outgained the Eagles 406 yards to 292 yards of total offense, so some domination there. 191 yards and 11 catches for C.D. Lamb. He had a career day, but at the end of the day, the better team won. The Eagles now go to 8-1 and with the bye. They are the best team in the NFL. I will admit that. There'll be a good showdown rematch in about four weeks in Dallas AT&T Stadium, and I'm looking forward to that. I like to take a few minutes for myself here on the show, but a good win to the Eagles. These Texas nuts, big Eagles fan in the chat. He already's on me as soon as the show started. He I was very nice to Texas nuts. I gave him a nice congratulations. I'm sure he's banging me here in the chat now, yelling at me, but... And that's a wrap in Sports Big D. No buts about it. Cowboys lost that one. Tough one. And that's a recap for the weekend. Nice job, Aaron. 
Good job, Slick. We're both one game over 500, like I said earlier. So we're on the road to recovery here. I like D. when you talk to yourself in the third person. I really like that. Good <laughs> well, job, Slick. I you like know what? that a lot. That's After cool. those games, I need therapy. You okay. know that. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Slick. We'll do some more sports at the end of the first hour. Uh, let's do some news with David Zier sitting in for Rick Delgado, who's got the week off, taking uh, – I think he's taking the boy down to visit some colleges, right? No, I think yeah, down in Florida. Or Somebody yeah, in the chat asked, oh, does Delgado have more birthdays this week? <laughs> <laughs> no. A lot of love no, for Delgado. They miss him. They miss him in the chat, Big D. Well, I have no idea. They said it's going to be a long week no, without I mean, him. I, oh, yeah, me too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's on college tour, so, yes, he's taking the week off. He'll be back next Monday, so he's going to miss a busy week, a good week. So, Mr. Zier is going to be with us a couple nights this week. He'll be in New Jersey tomorrow for election uh, night coverage. Uh, what's going on? A lot going on. Uh, Some races to watch going around the country here. Um, You know, there's a few states. It's not, it's an off year, right, for elections. Uh, But it could be significant, right? We took Louisiana on the red side. Uh, Kentucky possibly could. Mississippi may stay Republican, probably will. Uh, Bellwethers, right? Um, But, you know, we have the Virginia race. And outside the Beltway, you got to watch it tomorrow morning. I I think it's at 7 a.m. Eastern. Uh, John Frederick's really plugged in in uh, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and and everywhere. You know, he's got radio stations all over the country. He's really, really in tune. I think what's he just going launched on. another one too in yep. Nashville, a new one, right? A brand yep. new one. Yep. 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 Um, so, well, you know, my position. I've been arguing that these governorships and these state legislatures are in some way more important than these national, you know, federal races. These national races. Well, especially if you have things getting kicked back to the states, tenth amendments, you know, t- t- uh, type issues and stuff. Um, But I would say um, that there's other races to watch in Ohio. There's issue one about abortion, probably going to pass in favor of uh, pro-choice. But people have been surprised before with some of these, uh, you know, referendums out there. Uh, Pennsylvania State Supreme Court, very important going on. Uh, Max Baer, um, you know, so, so we, we're going to, Max Baer was the previous, uh, you know, Supreme Court justice there. Um, a lot happened in the election relating to the Supreme Court in 2020 uh, that hurt the Republicans. Um, so we got to follow that. In Virginia, the 31st district, uh, Virginia 16th district, very important. The Virginia State House, the 57th district. Uh, in New Jersey, the State Senate, the 3rd district, um, which was the biggest upset of the 2021 election where uh, Jeffrey Durr, with, uh, I think he had a total of 150,000 uh, going in, uh, he beat Sweeney, the state House, um, the Senate leader, a state Senate leader, and um, it was a big victory for him. And he's been uh, pretty, pretty good in the job here, and it's his first re-election bid. He's expected uh, to win, and uh, there's another guy who's running in another district who also uh, beat uh, the inc- the incumbent senator who got booted out as well. So there's two hot races in Jersey, um, but Jeffrey Dar has been really active and complaining about Murphy, Governor Murphy uh, in New Jersey, uh, who is, uh, you know, very liberal, uh, was brutal during the COVID uh, era. Um, and he said, uh, Orsted's announcement, which is the wind farms, uh, was a slap in the face to New Jersey, where they pulled out of two giant projects um, Republicans in the state Senate warned about giving handouts, he said, to a foreign company while ratepayers are underwater paying for higher electric bills. Governor Murphy's reckless spending energy policies hurt Jersey families. Uh, his obsession with offshore wind has cost New Jersey jobs, 
raised energy bills for homeowners and renters and put our coastline in further jeopardy. Um, so we'll see how those uh, races go uh, tomorrow. Um, there's a lot going on in Maine. There is a, uh, an issue on the ballot as to whether foreign money should be involved in elections. Um, New Hampshire is in play for Trump for the 2024 election right now. Uh, there's four uh, districts that are either light blue or, or kind of not as dark blue uh, where Trump could take back one of two of them. He only lost by one or two percent in the 2020 election. Uh, and one of them, he's three and a half points uh, uh, behind. Uh, and that is in Claremont in Sullivan County. And that's where Trump is going. And he's going into the heart of these Democrat areas. I think the campaign is, you know, pretty much uh, on, on point, on track um, with what they need to do to try to win uh, in New Hampshire. Um, so all in all, um, there's, a, there's a lot at stake, even though it's not a, a major year. And uh, probably the biggest race in the, in the Northeast on a local level um, is Ed Romaine here in Suffolk County against Liberal Democrat Dave Colon. Now, what's yeah. significant about it is Long Island has 2.8 million people. And um, in the 2021 election, there was a red wave, like 80 or 90% of the elections went to the red. We took the district attorneys in both counties, including the guy who wrote the bail reform bill, in Nassau County, lost to the Republican uh, and um, and Donovan. And they're going to control the county executive seats now because Romaine's probably going to win. Yes. They're going to control the DA's office in both counties, and they're going to control both legislatures. Um, you know, and, and New York, Long Island's important. We pay yes. 25% of the taxes to the state of New York. We only get 13% back in funding. Uh, may put us in a better position. Good point. Excellent point. Election coverage, obviously, all night tomorrow night. David Zero will be on the ground in New Jersey. We'll be here covering it. All right, more to do live from Studio 6B on a Monday, getting the week started. Studio 6B, 13 to the hour. Well, Aaron, your uh, your Jets are the defense. I'm not sure what happened tonight. They stayed in the locker room, I think. But uh, there's still time to turn it around. But <laughs> yeah, give it time. Give yeah, it your time. team's not uh, not looking. It's good, early, so. Big D. You know it's how early. this goes. Come on, yeah, early. come on. It's First early. quarter, come on. Hey, speaking of uh, the races, just to give just to kind of give you a hint of what tomorrow night could be like all over the country. Um, and following um, Michael Prusser, Prusser. I hope I pronounced that right. On um, on on X. And he's following all these races, all kinds of data-driven analysis. And he's got the 2023 Pennsylvania Supreme Court election right now. The Democrat McCaffrey at 1,449,504,000 votes. And Carolyn Coluccia, or Coluccio, 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 I guess it's Coluccio, uh, the Republican nominee at 1,430,000. So it's 50.2. 3% to 49.67%. That's how close. And he says, of all the elections we've been following and the data we've been providing, this prediction proves to be the most difficult in our opinion. And that's the Supreme Court uh, election prediction in Pennsylvania. So some of these things are going to be really razor wire thin, I have a feeling. 
uh, tomorrow night, even though you would think with the shape the country's in, the shape these people are in, their lives are in, these states are in, that you would think it wouldn't. You know, we'll just see. I guess we'll see tomorrow night if this is a Do you think Virginia is more of a um, – David Zier, do you think that before we do some more news, do you think Virginia, because that's obviously going to have the most action. We already saw what happened with Jeff Landry down there, and we, we have a couple other governorships, obviously. But do you think Virginia is more of a reflection on Yunkin tomorrow night or Biden tomorrow night? Maybe Yunkin. Maybe Yunkin. Um, you know, he's shown leadership. Um, again, I think he rode the MAGA train. I, I don't think he was a big, you know, MAGA guy before that, before he got elected. Uh, but what happened in Loudoun County and the cover-up with the student, and now they're, now they're at it again in Loudoun County. Parents are really going to be uh, rising up over there. Um, but I think um, he rode the MAGA train and uh, he won. Um, but, you know, Virginia's weird. Uh, I used to live in Richmond, uh, but Northern Virginia is, uh, so blue and purple. Um, I don't know how you get that back. Um, everybody who works there or, or lives there, Alexander, you can't touch a house for under $800,000. Very expensive. Everybody's a consultant for the government. It's like, you know, Alexandria in Washington is like this giant sponge sucking America dry of taxpayer money. Everybody's making like two, three, four hundred thousand $400,000 a year. Dual incomes, half a million dollars a year. Um, of people who just consult for the government, like nobody knows what they do. You go into the casino and MGM and Oxon Hill, Maryland, packed, packed with people. You know, uh, it, it's like there's like money, Range Rovers everywhere. You know, uh, you go to National Harbor, they get where the Gaylord is, where CPAC is every year. It's dripping with money. And then, you know, so uh, Virginia's a, a weird place. And, and you go to like Virginia Beach and Norfolk, it's Democrat. Um, you head out west, it's Republican. Um, and you go to Chesterfield County and, and south of Richmond, it's very conservative. You go to Richmond, it's like, and, and it's like a hellhole now, Richmond. You know, they destroyed the statues. You can't walk around at night by the Arthur Ashe Stadium. There's homeless and drugs and rampant prostitution everywhere. It's a disaster. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know, if you get the legislature back, um, I don't know how much it really means for the state. I guess it, it's good. Well, his agenda is kind of on the line, though, right? I mean, for him to get anything done, they're going to have to. Uh, I mean, he can really obviously put it into if they win both, he can really kick it into high gear. But you take the state Senate. It, it's big. Yeah, it's big because yeah. they already got the House House of Delegates. Um, Michael Prosser again uh, says 2023 Mississippi gubernatorial election prediction right now they've got reeves up by a pretty decent amount if this holds this won't be as close as some are saying though some are saying well you know mississippi's never had a hasn't had a democratic government making it sound like it's going to be close well he doesn't have it close right now he's got 54 to 45 he's got reeves up by nine solid points here um but you know the thing about these these off-year elections always is turnout turnout is always going to be a thing so uh, people in Ohio, people in Virginia really, really need, I mean, everybody needs to turn out. And that'll be another interesting thing to, to see how motivated people are, to see if the numbers, I saw some numbers out of, I believe, Virginia, where early voting for Republicans is up about 8% yeah. from where it was in 2020 uh, or 2022. Maybe, I, I forget, I think 2020. Um, so, so that's a good sign if that holds, but yeah, I mean, you need, you need turnout in these off year elections to really make a statement. If the Republicans are going to make a statement, they're going to need big turnout. And 
Um, you know, the fact that, that Virginia still has this 45-day voting period, it's just ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. And in, in a lot of areas, too, um, you know, the, the early voting is uh, it's out of control. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with early voting. I, I think it should be illegal. One day. Let's go. Um, all right, let's do some more news. Uh, news is brought to you by our friends over at 7Cells, 7Cells.com. Use our code LFSXB at checkout. Saves you 20%. Uh, great healthcare stuff over at 7Cells. Check them out. Uh, David Zier, what else is going on? Well, we got the Kim Reynolds thing, right? Our word is tonight in Des Moines, uh, she's going to endorse Ron DeSantis. Yep. And uh, Trump's, you know, all bent out of shape about it because he basically got the other guy out of the way so Kim Reynolds could run for governor. And he's partially responsible for her being the governor. Now, she committed uh, that she would not choose a candidate prior to the caucus and take sides like other politicians in Iowa have. Uh, she's broken that promise. Um, and, uh, you know, going for DeSantis, which can help him, probably still won't win, but he'll gain, he'll gain a lot of exactly. traction. You, you said it exactly right. Because I hear people all day going, ah, it's a nothing burger. Come on. It's not a nothing burger, but it's not. It may. It's not. It may not be a. It may not be a world beater changer. It may not. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to make them win, but it's going to be at least like okay, we're going to have this caucus. It's not going to. We're not going to just say it's over here 30, 60 days out or whatever it is, um, like a lot of people were doing. So it may not make that much of a difference. Maybe it will make a difference. I guess the jury. But it's not nothing. You can't say she's a popular governor in the state. He has taken a position on pro-life, pro-choice things that yeah. have rubbed people the wrong way in the state, and obviously her as well. So you can't say it's nothing. No, it isn't. It isn't nothing. And, and, but I, I think that, you know, the jury's out. Did Trump hurt himself by attacking Kim Reynolds, and is that why she's doing this? Uh, or was he just right all along, you know, about her? You know, so um, because he, like, took the first shot at her uh, and uh, may, may have hurt him. Um, you know, he's still ahead at least 27 points uh, in the average of polling. Uh, some polls have him up 30. And I know, I know people, you know, say, you know, you can't go by the polls, but some polls are pretty accurate. Des Moines Register poll has predicted most of the uh, winners in the last, you know, 15 elections. And so, what do they have right now? Um, they have Trump up 27, you know, uh, 27 points over De uh, DeSantis and Haley, which who are tied at like 16. But, you know, more people are going to drop out and they're going to throw their support behind you. But you could take all of the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth candidates and you could put all their numbers together. They still don't reach Trump in most of the primaries. Right. And, and her, her, her I saw I saw something that she said today. Well, the reason she was doing this was because she felt like that he couldn't win the general. And I, I just don't know. Maybe she <laughs> I don't know if she saw the news today. Maybe she didn't see the New York Times Marist poll this morning. Um, Maybe she wants to be a VP spot, uh, spot well, for DeSantis. I, I'm sure anyone who, does, right? who steps out it. to endorse him is going to want is going to think that way. But I mean, the idea that he can't win is is asinine. That's one of the rumors swirling out there. But I don't know why you would even care about that because DeSantis isn't going to win. I mean, the national primary. You I know. told you anybody could win. I could win mm -hmm. against Biden if I ran. I mean, come on. If I, any true conservative could beat this guy this next year, yeah. should be able to. You'd hope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right, what else is going on in the news? Um, there's a lot. I got some funny clips. I got some good clips for you, including a compilation. The best compilation that I've seen by a New York, uh, about New York State 
Attorney General Letitia James saying that what she's doing absolutely isn't political against Trump. Oh. Uh, it's a pretty fun. It's a pretty oh, good one. And then we got that pick of George Norcross at the uh, Eagles game, right? It was a Democrat. Oh, yeah, I got that this story. is unbelievable. I got right? that story. You have that yep, story? I do okay, with good. The Israeli flag. I, I yeah. sent up the pick earlier. If you, yeah, we'll if get you to that too. We'll get to. Uh, so I got other stuff. I got some fun stuff. All right, we'll do it all. News. Hour two coming up. Quick first hour, man. Two live from Studio 6B on a Monday, getting a new week started. Lots to do. Election night tomorrow night. Trump's speech on Wednesday. Going to be a busy week. David Zier's going to be with us as much as he can this week. Rick Delgado's got the week off. Slick's doing sports. Zier's doing news. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. And of course, you live from Studio 6B audience. We always appreciate you tuning in 8 to 10 right here Monday through Friday weeknights on Real America's Voice. Make sure you follow us on all our social media. At LFS6B, pretty much everywhere. At LFS6B Show on Instagram. That's the only one that's really different. At LFS6B everywhere else. And, of course, livefromstudio6b.com. The main place to sign up. uh, Livefromstudio6b.com. All of our uh, crazy towns, all our videos from the show, all our social media, all of our merch. Everything is over there. All our news. Great news at livefromstudio6b.com. Check it out. Uh, lots to get to here in hour two. Crazy town coming up. Biden, of course, like we said, elections in Virginia, Kentucky, Mississippi, a lot of places you could send the, you would think the bully pulpit could go, but he was, uh, well, in Delaware today talking about Joey baby. That's where, that's where old Joe was given that <laughs> baloney story again about <laughs> 1 trillion billion miles that he's covered on, uh, on Amtrak. So nice. we'll get to, uh, get to crazy town. Get to a couple other things here in hour two. Um, let's just get back before we get to Trump today in New York. I just want to get back to what we said about the uh, that compilation we played about getting nervous about the polls that Joe Biden, of course, uh, is a disaster. And people are starting to realize how much of a disaster that the country is shaping out and um, the path we're on to de- total destruction that he's put us on in so many different ways. And like I said, we have, we have so much evidence to hold against the left and against Biden if we could just make the case and get a unified message and, uh, and be able to actually get somebody other than Trump and DeSantis to actually go make the case. But the two of them will do just fine for now uh, against the left and against Biden going into a year from today. Uh, but there's one point that I want to continue to bring up because this is the left's whole game right now. And you heard John Heilman in there. Uh, Actually, no, it wasn't Heilman. Heilman made the point that Biden is losing the different demographics of the Democrat Party, which is true. He's losing support among us. This is why he's doing what he's doing with Israel, as we've said many times. 
He's worried about losing Dearborn, Michigan. He's worried about losing Arizona, places where there's, you know, Arab or um, populations, Muslim populations. He's worried about that. Um, but the thing that ABC, little Georgie said there, well, he's been indicted four times, you know. And the guy says, well, yes, but the people don't seem to care about that. But if there was to be a conviction on something, well, that might be the difference. Well, that, that wasn't the only show to make that point. And I believe you'll continue to hear this point being made. Cut five, Aaron. Uh, this is this morning. Hope you haven't just eaten something. You can hold it down. Roll that. I'm, I'm shocked that people still are supporting this probable criminal. Um, but what I will say, there's a, there's a brighter side to this because further on in the poll, what people did say is um, about 6% of voters in battleground states, enough to swing the result of the election, they said they would abandon their support for Trump if he were convicted on charges related to the January 6th Capitol riot Ooh. and sentenced to prison. Now. I don't know how you run the presidency from prison, but at least those people realize that if he is convicted of trying to just subvert our democracy, he should not be the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Hang your hat on that. Not so sunny, Poston. That's what they're shooting. That's what they're shooting for. And that's why I've said Judge this Judge Chutkin in D.C. is the tip of the spear of this whole. Uh, kangaroo court, let's go get him at all costs because that's going to be her job. Just like Newt Gingrich told us about in Georgia when, the, when they got the call for the special counsel saying you need to indict and well, we're not, we're not ready to do that. You know, you didn't hear me. You have to indict tonight because that's what we need. That's the same thing that's going on in this and this. They need Chutkin to get a conviction. I don't think anyone's going to take a conviction in this New York kangaroo court to what we saw today, seriously. You know, Trump laced into the judge today, but it's the first time he did it in his testimony. You know, uh, usually before or after, everybody's on hinge. This is uh, election interference. Uh, he the fact is- that we couldn't see what happened in there today is just a travesty because I, 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 if I had to guess, I would say it's, it's on, on a scale of 1 to 10 of Trump being on his game, it was a 10 plus. <laughs> And we deserve to see him scorch this judge in only the way he can and get under his skin in only the way he can because the judge clearly deserves it. And so does the um, the AG of this godforsaken state. Yeah, he used the terms uh, political hack, uh, election interference. Uh, he really went, I think, did he say that uh, Trump, uh, the judge was a fraud? He did. Uh, so as a matter of fact, our, happens. our friends over at Breitbart, <laughs> Uh, Christina Wong specifically wrote about this today. She said a defiant former President Trump took the stand on Monday at the New York County Supreme Court in his civil fraud case regarding the valuation of his assets, clashing with Justice Arthur Ergeron, who struggled with controlling Trump. Trump early on uh, on the stand reportedly went off on a monologue in which he called the trial crazy, prompting uh, er- Ernagon to instruct Trump to only answer questions presented to him. According to Messenger reporter Adam Klasfeld, Trump reportedly took a swipe at the judge, reportedly going off on a tangent 
because the statute of limitations in which he said, I'm sure the judge will rule against me because he always rules against me. He said to, he said to Trump's attorney, Chris Keyes, he, he threatened to uh, take Trump off the stand. And he said, Mr. Keyes, can you control your client? This is not a political rally. Yes. This is a courtroom. I beseech you to control him if you can. If you can't, I will. He said also to Chris Keyes, he said uh, that was necessary before telling Trump, you can attack me, do whatever you want, but please answer the question. Then he said, can you control your client? This is not a political rally. Keyes reportedly responded, you're in control of the courtroom, not me. Uh, Trump lawyer Alina Haba and Keyes defended Trump, saying he was being responsive to the questions. Haba told the judge uh, he was there to hear what he had to say prompting the judge to say, I'm not here what, to hear what he has to say. He's here to answer questions. Trump responded, this is a very unfair trial. Very, very unfair, and I hope the public is watching it. Trump also, during his testimony, took a dig at the New York Attorney General, reportedly telling her counsel, you and other Democrat prosecutors were all coming after me from 15 different sides. All of the cases are not good, Trump reportedly said. Weaponization, they call it. So just a defiant Trump. And this was Alina Haba cut one on her way out of the court. You talk about spitting fire. Well, she, she's, had, she's had just about enough of all of this. Roll that. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. That was what rang true, loud, and could not have been more honest coming from the judge who was already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly am I being paid as an attorney and why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? The answer is very clear. Because Ms. James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar. Call the company fraudulent and make a name for herself. She said this morning that the numbers don't lie and they won't lie in this case. Well, Miss James, I have a message for you. The numbers didn't lie when you ran for governor and that's why you dropped out. And the numbers don't lie when President Trump runs for office in 2024. And those numbers are loud and clear. This country is falling apart. And if we don't stop corruption in courtrooms where attorneys are gagged, where attorneys are not allowed to say what they need to say to protect their clients' interests, it doesn't matter what your politics are. Everyone has a right in this country to get up and put a defense. I don't care who you are. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can put objections on the record. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear, I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not gonna tolerate it here. And you know what, you shouldn't either. Because not every American citizen gets a camera and a microphone. And what I'm seeing is such a demise of American judicial system and democracy. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump, and she always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the 45th president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, 
has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And she doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says he's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him. Before you came into office, before you saw one record, one statement of financial condition, you taunted him. You said his administration was too male and too pale. Those are her words. She said that she and Michael Cohen were going to be his biggest nightmare. Where well, I have some news for you, Miss James. Michael Cohen folded, lied, and crumbled. Your star witness, along with all the DAs and corrupt AGs, need to be paying attention to what happens when you let us take the stand. When you let my client speak the truth and the judge can tell me to sit down and he can try and shorten my client's testimony, but it is loud and clear, they've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country. And we need to stop what is happening in this courtroom. President Trump is worth a lot more and she wasn't ready for it. She doesn't understand it. And before she rushed to judgment, she should have thought about attacking somebody with over 50 years of real estate expertise who changed single-handedly the skyline of New York City. She picked the wrong person and her politics will fail for it. Ooh, you know, that's uh, a fire statement. She was great. And, and Trump admitted that Ooh. there were uh, wrong valuations and he de depended on a broker for one evaluation of her apartment in Trump Tower that it was actually one third size. But he also said they didn't include the roof in a 660 foot building Trump <laughs> Tower with this beautiful terrace. You can't put values on stuff like that. And, um, you know, but he admitted, but it doesn't matter because he also reiterated that, you know, he can't be, he has that clause in his financial statement that you can't, so you can't be sued for making a, a misrepresentation. There's so much about this kangaroo court that is obviously ripe for any kind of appeal, no matter what happens here. First Amendment things, right to face your accused, so many things. All right, live from Studio 6B, we're back right after this. sound like the blue slicky on a monday night let me talk to you about our friends at birch gold we're up against another government shutdown later this month and our wise leaders can only think about one thing the thing they always think about and that of course is more spending while lawmakers are high-fiving your savings account continues to lose value because more spending of course weakens the dollar and the cycle End it for yourself by diversifying into gold with the help of Birch Gold. 
Uh, when you open a gold IRA, for every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text America to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bars. Don't let your savings become a victim of further devaluation of the dollar. Text America to 989898. Receive a free information kit on gold and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Text America to 989898. All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our promo code LFS6B when you do your holiday shopping with Mike Lindell. Of course, it'll give you great savings on all the great stuff from Lindell. Mattresses, mattress toppers, towels, pillows, slippers, shoes, whatever it is. Great stuff from Lindell. Dog stuff, just great stuff. Use our code. It'll save you a ton. And then you can send us your receipt and we'll send you free merch from our store. You can pick out whatever you want. If you spend up to uh, 0 to 199 you can pick one item. If you spend 2 to 299 you can pick two items. 3 to 399 pick three items. Just tell us your selection, your size, your color for each item you pick, and we'll send it out to you. We're a little behind, those of you writing, but if you sent in your receipt, we got it. The order is processed. It's going to come out. Uh, we're going to get a bunch of them out this week, probably tomorrow. Uh, so send those receipts to LFSXB at Yahoo.com. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, well, we got to go to the rodeo, Big D. We haven't gotten there yet. We got the Lagomar reunion roundup from Lagomar, Texas. Must be Texas's version of Mar-a-Lago. Here we go, Big D. All around cowboy, Peyton Bray, 2365 for team roping. Bareback, Bradley Miller, 81 points on Frontier Rodeo's Southern Star, 2300. Steer Wrestling, Clayton Haas picked that one, 3.1 seconds, 2551. Team Roping, Tanner Tomlinson and Lane Mitchell. 3.8 seconds, 2,400 there. Saddle Bronc, Court Shear. 85 and a half points on Frontier Radio's Crazy Buck. Tie down roping, Ty Moza. 8.6 seconds. Bow racing, Callie McCall. 14.6 tenths. Phenomenal time, 26.92. Bull riding, Braden Richardson. 87 and a half points on Frontier Rodeos. Bonanza, 30.61. Total payout on this rodeo, $99,583. Let's get you caught up on that jet game at Met Get a Life. Boy, this game's had more full starts than a share reunion tour. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Charge, charges over the Jets, 14 nothing. Big D. 7.22 to go. Here, Jets kicking a field goal. Whoop, they look like they're going to get that one. All right, 14-3. to three. Jets just kicked a 47-yard field goal. But Derevious Davis, 87-yard punt return, kicked off the scoring. They added another one-yard touchdown by Austin Eckler, and they're up now 14-3, to three, 557 to go. I, I, could really... see, I could see you at a share concert. <laughs> <laughs> if I could turn back time, you could. It's another story. All right, we got NHL action. Lightning over the Maple Leafs, 5-4-9 to go in the third. Blue Jackets over the Panthers, 4-3 also. 
also in the third. And in the second, Bruins, though they're hot, blanking their stars, two zip. Oilers and Canucks coming up later on, 10 o'clock, puck drop. How about those sixes tonight? 141-119 over the Wizards, three to go in the fourth there. The Mavs over the Magic, 104-97, 4.38 to go there in the fourth. And Pacers blowing out the Suns, 146-106. A couple of quick stories to get to here, Big D. How about this one? Ryan Blaney secures first career NASCAR Cup championship. AP report out of Avondale, Arizona. Ryan Blaney needed only to defeat Kyle Larson and William Byron to win his first NASCAR championship. He needlessly added Ross Chastain to his list, too, racing him pointlessly hard in an attempt to win the race Sunday at Phoenix Raceway. When he couldn't pass Chastain, Blaney angrily ran into the back of his car. Well, it's not a good sport, but there's some, a lot of bad blood there. The clash with Chastain followed an earlier deliberate collision by Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. Blaney also raced Larson extremely hard, but he'd had it with Chastain, the leader and eventual race winner with 53 laps remaining when Blaney ran into the back of Chastain. Blaney became the first Ohio-born driver to win the cup title and follow teammate Joey Logano, who won for Penske a year ago. It was an amazing finish for Ford Performance, which struggled most of the season, but came on late with Blaney, who won two of the final six playoff races. The title was the fourth in the cup series for Penske, but first time the captain has won consecutive cups. Chastain won this race in a Chevrolet for Trackhouse Racing and is the first driver to win the season finale while not racing for the championship since Denny Hamlin in 2013, one year before his current elimination, this current format elimination began. Kevin Harvick finished seventh in the final race of his cup career and uh, well, good NASCAR season comes to a close. A top New Jersey Democrat operative removed from Eagles game after displaying American-Israeli flag. This is Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. Besides that crazy game with uh, America's team, we had this action. According to reports, New Jersey businessman and top Democrat operative George Norcross was removed from Lincoln Financial Field during Sunday's Eagles-Cowboys game when he draped an American-Israeli flag over the ledge of his suite, and now he might sue the team. The 67-year-old political power broker was in a uh, private suite at the stadium when he was approached by security, apparently because of the flag draped over the edge of the suite, according to Fox News. The video showed Norcross having heated words with the security guard, after which he is escorted out of the suite seating area. Norcross later confirmed that he was kicked out of the stadium for displaying the flag. Yesterday, I was forcibly removed and assaulted by the non-police security staff at Lincoln Financial Field and the Eagles NFL for refusing to remove a three-by-five-foot American and Israeli flag I'd hung off the box I was sitting in, he told the New Jersey Globe. Norcross went on to defend the statement contained in the flag. As a longtime passionate fan and season ticket holder, Norcross told the paper, I have watched the Eagles NFL make clear and strong statements on numerous important civil justice issues and ethnic and world conflicts, including supporting the people of Ukraine. So as a strong supporter of Israel, I could, a country which uh, was viciously attacked by the terrorist group um, that was uh, that was uh, attacked by Hamas and uh, the terrorists, I thought it was an important statement to make. Statement officials told them they don't allow signs, banners, or similar items that are obscene or indecent, not even related, potentially offensive to patrons. Norcross, though, did not understand how his flag was obscene or indecent. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you heard the story, right? But Ka- Kaepernick can wear uh, pig uh, cops. Sure. Uh, pigs dress sure, like you can paint BLM on, on the field socks. or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, paint the Ukrainian flag on the field or whatever. But the owner of the Eagles, of course, would be who? Jeffrey Lurie. Oh, I wonder. Uh, maybe he's, uh, well, I don't know, Jewish, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he probably. The majority owner? Yeah, yep, Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, has and he come out today and said anything about this? Not that I heard. Nope. I mean, talk about just crazy these guys support, I mean, the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, were, 
Didn't they have BLM all over everything? Every, oh, the whole NFL did. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, I mean, every, every team was They did release that. a statement about this. Oh, they did? Yeah, basically the, the, their rules state that you cannot have any non-game-related signage on the suites. Yep. And he was asked numerous times to take it down and did not. So that's when they removed him. On the suites. Okay. They got a special rule for the okay. suites there. All right. But I don't know. I mean, I, I mean that's a general policy in in all sports, you know, not to have uh, banners. You know, people say Trump won and at Yankee Stadium. Deion Cheney's unfolded so many great banners at Yankee Stadium. But um, but their hypocrisy is outstanding. Yeah, I, I don't know. It still, it still seems like this guy said who posted this video. Come on, Eagle Security. Let's do better. This yeah. is disgusting. How many Ukraine pins? Wasn't Ukraine stuff on the helmets in the NFL, I think? Um, I don't, I don't th- That might have been a sticker. I don't remember that with Ukraine, but BLM certainly was on the fields, like Damon said. Oh, no, God. Yeah, absolutely. All right, more news with David Zier coming up. Right after this, Crazy Town as well. minutes past the hour live from studio 6b man i feel like the show is just flying by uh monday night real america's voice david zier sitting in for rick delgado's got the week off slick rick's doing sports aaron and fran holding it down as always let's do some more news news is brought to you by our friends over at seven cells seven cells.com great stuff for your health if you use our code at checkout lfs6p it'll save you 20 percent off whatever you put in your cart david zia what's going on X uh, platform, Israel War Room on there is claiming that the Hamas commander of the um, Al-Bala battalion um, was eliminated in an overstrike, uh, an airstrike overnight. And he was one of the commanders responsible for sending Hamas uh, Nukba terrorists into Israel uh, to commit the uh, barbaric October 7th massacre. Uh, and uh, following the massacre, he even planned more terrorist attacks. So supposedly he was taken out. Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard had a great statement. Um, she's really come around. Uh, Kamala's national strategy to counter Islamophobia demonstrates one of the main reasons why I left the Democratic Party. It has become rife with protectors and apologists for Islamism. One of the main ways they protect Islamism from legitimate criticism and condemnation is by labeling anyone who attacks Islamic jihadists as bigoted Islamophobes. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I wanted to get to this uh, quick thing before we play the um, Letitia Not only is it interesting, but it's right on the money. Yeah, and she's not afraid. She's not afraid. You know, uh, she's a Democrat who who became an independent, right? Um, Really saying some great things. Um, uh, There was this end end wokeness I follow on X. Go find him. He's uh, there. A lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this smug woman with a PhD 
uh, gets put in her place by IQ test results. And I don't know where this was done, um, but it's a TikTok video that appeared uh, that, that they posted. And I uh, just want you to watch this. I thought it was fun. I'm 21, I'm a high school graduate, and I work in the Marine Corps. I'm 30 years old, I have my PhD in cancer biology, and I work in a biotech industry. Grad school, I went to University of South Carolina, and undergrad, I went to University of Florida. One, two, three, four, five, six. Two, me, I don't know, PhD, <laughs> cancer biology scientist, oh, I work in a biotech company, we make COVID-19 testing kits, oh, stuff like that. Cool. Then six. Has nothing to do with your background. I don't think you really have the highest EQ out of all of us. Tyler, he ranked last for me personally because the way he carries himself. He was ranking intelligence based on his point of view and not taking in other people's point of views. So number one is Raymond. Number two would be Kaylee. Number three will be Tyler. And number four would be Shada. Number five is Sean and number six is Maria. So she came in last. She came in last. She came in last. Uh, I, I lost my audio, uh, but so uh, that video's done, right? So I wanted to go yeah. on, um, and maybe we can uh, play this uh, Letitia James uh, compilation, which I thought was the best one to date. There's been several of them out there. Uh, why don't you check this out? The president of the United States has complained that I'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt, that I've got some personal vendetta against him, that I campaigned against him. That is not true. That's not true. Yeah, she seems uh, she seems reasonable. Yeah, most of that video uh, was uh, her on her campaign trail, and she's made several racist comments uh, in the past. And she's gone over. Uh, she's gone after uh, a church in New York with a white leader. People say that had racist tendencies to it. So when Trump says she's a racist, he has a little bit of backing. Well, uh, duh. You know, you know, on it. Yeah. Uh, and her comments about the pale thing and. So I thought that was crazy. And then uh, the, the narrative came out, um, the manifesto of the shooter in Nashville uh, came out um, and uh, AP has a story on it, but they don't really go into it. And it's really, I think, a load of bull because, uh, you know, they're trying to, because the genesis of these things are, are so vile. And she was talking in the manifesto, I think I was reading uh, on X today that, she, um, you know, wanted to kill white children and, uh, it was pretty, pretty exceptional, 
uh, the language that she used in the manifesto. Uh, you know, she killed a nine-year-old and three adults at the Christian school in Nashville. Uh, she left behind at least 20 journals, a suicide note, a memoir. And there's a common theme with the mass shootings that happened in New Zealand. The guy was basically a commie, uh, the uh, synagogue shooter in Pittsburgh. A lot of these attacks have these manifestos, which uh, show that they're uh, Democrat socialists or uh, commies or, you know, and they're not Trump supporters. Yeah, well, they get um, indoctrinated from early on that uh, the white supremacy is the biggest threat to them. And, uh, of course, then they have the uh, leader of the free world, as our friend Mays Moore reminds us today, as he puts this compilation together, just over the last just over the last couple years. They get this drilled into their head. Yeah, the Nashville um, shooter. We have no no audio on this. No, I'm not hearing anything. Okay, maybe that's because I'm an idiot. Let's try it again. <laughs> no, you're not. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agency have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. Mm-hmm. White supremacy is terrorism. Oh. And white supremacists will not have the last word. And this venom and violence cannot be the story of our time. Enough of us have the guts and the hearts Stand up. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. According to the United States intelligence community, domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat in the homeland. White supremacy is a poison. It's a poison running through. It really is. Running through our body politic. And it's been allowed to fester and grow right in front of our eyes. No more. I mean, no more. That the ideology of white supremacy has no place in America. None. Mm-hmm. But none of the major media sources in the United States were really honest about the manifesto um, where she put uh, things like those crackers going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis and sports backpacks with their daddy's Mustangs and convertibles. F you, you little S-H word. Uh, I wish to shoot you. Uh, I mean, you know, and your yellow mops of hair. I want to kill all you little crackers, you bunch of little uh, uh, with a gay slur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with your white privileges. You wonder why you haven't seen this. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so like none, like you know, AP, CNN, they don't, they don't nah. list this stuff. Um, I hope I have a high death count. Uh, I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. I'm ready to die. So, doesn't sound like a MAGA. No. <laughs> nope. And you, like I said, you wonder why you haven't seen that in seven months. Yep. And I guess. Crowder got his hands on these and he released them today. Is that the story, basically? I don't know the origins today. I I didn't catch up on that. Yeah. All right, a couple other things to get to, but uh, let's first get to Crazy Town here because we're just, the time is just vanishing. Not enough time. And it was Crowder. Okay. It It was was Crowder, Crowder, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, how about cut four? Can we do cut four? Let's do um, David Axelrod on uh, Biden on CNN over the weekend. Roll that. This is a race about 
democracy and the state of our democracy and the survival of our democracy. And, uh, and that's the, th the threat on the other side here. And I know how deeply the president feels about that. So he just has to ask himself, is, is you know, is this the best path? Uh, I suspect that he will say yes. Um, but time is fleeting here, and this is probably the last moment uh, for him to do that check. And it's 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 probably good if he does. I mean, that is Barack Obama's chief strategist, David Axelrod, basically trying to push Joe Biden off of the cliff without pushing him off the cliff, just kind of insinuating. I know you think this is a good idea, Joe, but maybe you should take another look and think that it's not that great of an idea. I mean, that's when you get David Axelrod out there, you've get, you got Ignatius on MSNBC saying the same thing. You see this poll. I mean, I have not been in this camp that he's not going to be the nominee, and I still think he will be. But boy, is the, other, is the, is the messaging to get him out really starting I, to rev I, up. I think the nexus is intensifying. Uh, so it sets the stage for him to step aside in the next six months. Uh, from just the news today, Axelrod, the chief strategist of Barack Obama's election campaign, suggests that Biden drop out of the 2024 presidential race after this poll from New York Times Siena. Axelrod, who is also the former senior Obama White House advisor, said that it is very late to change horses at this point, with the first Democrat presidential primary less than 90 days away. But Biden's age poses a significant challenge in the general election. The greatest concern is that his biggest liability is the one thing he can't change, Axelrod said. Among all of the unpredictables, there is one thing that is for sure. The age arrow only points in one direction. The polls show that not only is Trump ahead of Biden in Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, but that 62% of voters say Biden does not have the mental acuity to be president. Axelrod also said that a Trump should be disqualified from running. Oh, of course he said that. He's an idiot. Uh, he added that his choice is ultimately up to Biden. If he continues to run, he will be the nominee of the Democrat Party. What he needs to decide is whether that is wise, whether it's in his best interest or the country's. So it, it is revving up, man. You're hearing David Axelrod. You're hearing some of his uh, Biden's fam favorite uh, Mainstream media talking heads starting to talk about it. David Ignatius talked about it on MSNBC. So all of these, um, you know, leading think think tank uh, people and all of these, all these networks, all of a sudden the message is clear that Joe, uh, maybe Joe needs to go. But I don't know. And, you know, they talk about Newsom and, and Ava Perone being the, being the, the dream ticket? How's that a dream ticket? Who the hell wants to be California or Michigan? I mean, two total of, I mean, disasters of states with two disasters of governors. D does the Democrat Party think that those two can make it, make it that much better? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't think they care. I just think it's a populism thing. I don't know. I think Biden's destruction is starting to get really baked in with people. And it's carrying over to the Democratic Party as a whole when thought about. I 
we'll wrap it up. More sports news coming up right after this. Crazy Town as well. to the hour crazy town time biden was no not in virginia no not anywhere else where there's elections because the democrats don't want him anywhere near their candidates uh he was in delaware and uh well here's how it went roll it aaron Machinists, electricians, pipe fitters, facility workers, you know, coach cleaners, boilermakers, laborers, foremen. But they have one thing in common. They're all good paying union jobs. Union jobs. Union jobs. When I became president, I made sure that the bipartisan infrastructure law, that's the law to rebuild our highways and bridges and rail and the whole inner, all our infrastructure. Uh. By the way, it's a, it's a tight little law. It's about uh, a, a trillion, two hundred billion dollars. Fully electrified trains on its corridor and uh, emit 83 percent less greenhouse gases, by the way, than driving your car. Sure. Amtrak wasn't just a way to get home to family. The conductors and engineers became my family. Not a joke. Listen, listen. I'd have a major event from my home every year. Yeah. I remember one of the conductors when I was going home. Secret Service is wonderful, and they really are. But they'd rather you not tra- travel Amtrak, because stops not Amtrak rail, because it has to stop so damn many times. And there's so many options for people to do things that you, they don't want to have done. This so, is where you learn how to railroad the country. Mom, and I just, uh, she was living with us at the time. My dad passed away. <laughs> and uh, I got in the train on a Friday. What's so funny and, about um, that? And I won't get him into complete trouble. Just tell his first name. He was number two in seniority at the time, Angelo. Angela. And Ange came up to me as I walked in. He said, Joey. Oh, and he grabbed my cheek. He said, Joey, baby. Yeah, yeah, he said, it's all this thing. Because I did, that's published in the newspaper. That I had traveled a million, 200,000 miles on Air Force planes as vice president. They published that on a regular basis. Yeah. He said, big, I won't quote him exactly, but he said, big deal, Joey. Sure. And I said, what's the mean, Ange? He said, look, he said, we just had the retirement dinner. Up in Newark. He said, you know how many miles you travel on Amtrak? And I said, no. He said, a million. I think it was 320,000 miles. And I said, how'd you figure that? He said, well, 118 days a year, almost 300 miles a day, 36 years, plus his wife. And he went on the whole deal. And I said, I believe you. He said, let me get in the train, will you? I know what it feels like to be stuck on the tracks. When you're trying to get home <laughs> to see your family or trying to he get south to make to a vote because the track is something went wrong. I have an Amtrak to story for you cut guys. Rib- to cut ribbons Biden. on renovations in the Wilmington train station. As we continue to invest in rail across the country, we're going to make even more, take even more vehicles off the road, saving millions of barrels of oil a day. 
These are jobs for folks I thought about as I take that train home. You know the park guys you get outside of Baltimore, just before you get into Baltimore? You can look out the window and you're going through basically the neighborhood. And I always used to sit there, I mean it coming home, and look out and see people sitting at the kitchen tables. Literally, you could see them right along the track. And wondering, what are they thinking about? What what, what, what what's on their minds? I can honestly say I've never been more optimistic about America's future. What? And folks, in my view, the president after I'm long after I'm president is going to have more to do. One of the things I convinced President Lab when I was vice president, I convinced the president to do, provide money for high high speed rail. You know, you can go and get in a train in China and go 210 miles an hour. China. We can do it here in the United States in this Northeast Carter if we straightened out three big corridors. It cost about a trillion dollars. But we had the same, we had the ability to do that for a rail from Florida to Mississippi and all, all kinds of places we can do it. So we just have to remember one thing, though. We sometimes forget. We sometimes forget. This is the United States of America. There's not a damn thing we can't do if we set our mind to it, not one. Thank you all. And may God bless you all. May God protect our troops. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can I, can I share something with you guys really quick? Of course. So, I, I've told the story before, but I'm friends with Lee Murphy, who uh, ran for the seat at large twice for Congress in Delaware, but it's a Democrat stronghold. And he was a conductor on Amtrak, and he hates Biden. And the reason he does is because he was a conductor. Like, he's talking about how he's friendly with these conductors. He says he had an event at his home for them every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think that's true. I'm going to verify no, that. really? I'm going to call Lee Murphy during the break and ask him. <laughs> uh, but he said... That Biden. Now, if you look at the ridership for Amtrak on that Northeast regional route that goes through Delaware, right? Newark, Delaware goes all the way down to D.C. every day. You're talking about like hundreds of thousands of people on that route. You're talking about eight million passengers a year on that route. Long story short, he would make the train late all the time, like every day. And he would be late and actually call the train and tell him he's going to be late, holding up hundreds of passengers who did not get to their destinations on time for many, many years. He says, I was on the train and I used to watch out the, what was it? The train must have been, he must have been on the train that went two miles an hour. So he could look into people's windows and see them sitting at their kitchen table and wondering what they were thinking, he said. I'm calling Lee Murphy. Oh my God. <laughs> and then he couldn't, call, couldn't remember Obama's name. He called him President Ladd. <laughs> hey, that that nice lad I served with, well, whatever his name was. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, let's do some more sports before I wrap it up. Slick Rick, what else is going on? All right, we'll get you updated on that uh, Monday night football game in beautiful Jersey, Met Get a Life Stadium. Uh, charges with a Cameron Dicker 55-yard field goal, a big D, to close out the first half up 17-3. to Jets got a lot of work to do, but it's still a two-score game, so anything can happen. I wouldn't be surprised the Jets make a comeback, but they got to get something going with that offense. Uh, just some other quick scores tonight. We got uh, Bruins over the Stars, 2-0, end of two. The Maple Leafs beat the Lightning 6-5 final in OT. Also in OT, the Florida Panthers over the Blue Jackets, 5-4. to One quick story, if we got two seconds. 
Ravens. Well, Zuck Fu gone wrong. Facebook boss Mark Zuckerberg tears his ACL during martial arts sparring tra- uh, session. So I guess that's it. All bets are off, Big D. We're not going to have any big matches this year with good old uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who su- uh, suffered a torn ACL during his mixed martial arts. I, I guess he's not going to be uh, having any fights with Elon Musk this year. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. That's all we got time for yeah. tonight. All right, David Zier, anything else in the news we haven't covered yet? Um, yeah, I don't think I have any more stories for tonight, but uh, I am going to look into that Amtrak and tell you <laughs> Amtrak can confirm that, uh, you know, Joe Biden doesn't care about the working man. Uh, that's for sure. And, um, yeah. you know, that's, uh, that's what I got tonight. Uh, you could throw one more name into the ring, by the way, of people who think uh, Biden is not going to um, get across the finish line. Another veteran political strategist, and that would be one Dick Morris. Uh, who also came out and said that he doesn't think Biden has what it takes to get across the uh, finish line. Dick Morris, former advisor to President Bill Clinton, told the New York Post on Tuesday, there is no path forward for Biden at this point. I mean, every person you hear from, the quotes get darker and darker. So now uh, he says there's no path forward for Biden. Dick Morris, uh, Morris suggested that the Democrat National Committee may see the writing on the wall and refuse to give Biden the delegates opening the door to other Democrats such as Gavin Newsom or Transportation, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Bootyjuice. Henry Olson, a veteran political analyst and senior fellow with Ethics and Public Policy Center, said it may be in the interest of the Democratic Party for Biden to drop out, although only there is a reliable alternative who is center-left like Biden. Well, Biden's not center-left. What are you kidding me? Um, so it's, re- it's really ramping up. Slick Rick and all you guys have been have been right on this that he's not going to be the nominee and you're we not right it. yet. But a lot of people are starting to jump on your train, but not me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. jumping on it yet. And Obama called Obama. Uh, Biden called Obama an articulate young man, right? For a black man. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks everybody on the show. Thanks Aaron. Thanks Fran. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio Six B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night for election coverage, 8 p.m. right here, live from Studio 6B.